I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk a Business. Today, we're talking about data analytics and its relationship to reporting, what reporting it is as well. Here with me is data analytics consultant, Tony DeSantis. Tony, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, what you've done, why why are we talking to you about data analytics? Sure. Yeah. Well, happy to be here, Jack. I yeah. appreciate it. So I spent 20 years with big four accounting firms in their forensics practice, primarily leading and developing the data analytics groups for them. Had responsibility for data visualization, visual analytics, implementing machine learning to solve client business issues. A lot of it was around fraud, corruption, compliance type work, but really sorting through the data and figuring out what issues the client had and how we can use the data to tell the story or prove the facts and circumstances. Awesome. So when when did you start at Lutz? Started back in September. So it's going to be a year now. Awesome. So it's kind of a nice fit then going from big four and analytics to Lutz and analytics. I'm sure that was kind of a, well, I I wouldn't say easy transition, but a, a transition that wasn't, you know, too completely difficult, right? I mean, yeah, no, a lot of the same things, a little broader scope and not just focused on the the forensic side and really got a chance to come in and assess the the capabilities and and really help Lutz figure out how do we stand up a data analytics practice and serve the client base that we have here, knowing that data is the the wave of the future and the analytics and and people have that need. Is there any world anymore that, that, you can avoid data analytics. I mean, at the, you know, at some point, it becomes not as scary of an idea and just something that really you're just learning how to read a different language, right? That's just telling you what to do and where to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and a lot of it is just rebranding as well. You know, there's people out there that have been using Excel and making Excel models, and you know, that's that's analytics. That's the the basis for it. But you're seeing really every business is trying to figure out how do you do more with less? And the starting point tends to, to often be analytics and sure. the data that you're collecting with everything being electronic and digital, it's, right. it's out there. So the companies that are able to figure out how to harness that are, are really taking advantage of it. Right. So were you more of, I guess, you know, you said 20 years, so you had to have started, I'm sure, at some point harvesting and, and knowing how to pull data, right? I mean, do you do you like that side of it more? Do you like reading data more? I personally feel like it sounds like a lot more fun to just read the data and tell someone what they need to do to make more money, right? <laughs> I mean, was that, so can yeah. you do all of that, the whole gamut pretty much? Yeah, I mean, I started in really that data mining aspect and, mm-hmm. and figuring out how to pull data from systems and then how to use that data often in, in ways that the system never intended it to be used. So I think I'm a problem solver by nature True. and trying to understand that wade through the data where there wasn't documentation or explanation of how it was working or why it was working always intrigued me and I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. You know, writing code was kind of a nice balance. I wasn't a, a programmer by nature, but I liked being able to write SQL and pull out that information. The, the like, logic made sense for me. Right, I was going to say, like you've helped me recently with a client having an issue with an application. Right. I said, hey, Tony, 
do you think you could fix this for me? Yeah. And you're like, well, uh, I don't know if you can afford me, but yes, I can. <laughs> I certainly can help you out. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of that reverse engineering process yeah. was, was always good. But then <clears throat> as the tools for data visualization came out and seeing the power of putting into pictures mm-hmm. that data and really making it understandable and for as much as I like being in the data, looking at a spreadsheet or rows and columns of numbers don't jump off the page at me. <laughs> but seeing something visual sure. that's colored right or highlighted in the right way to make it, you know, really obvious is what I'm looking at. Right. Was fun to do. And so you get to combine a little bit of the art and science and creativity as part of the process. Cause I mean now when you talk about the pictures and, and what, you know, making sense of the data you're talking like power bi what other things is tableau essentially doing you know similar things to power bi i mean those all you know tie into data sources and and you know help you visualize it essentially power bi tableau click or click sense are usually the big thing three you hear out there Mm -hmm. domo is is coming up as well there are if you're more on the programming side d3 but the idea being that there are libraries or tool sets that allow you to plug into a variety of data sources, both locally on your computer or on a server or the cloud sources, and turn those into pictures. Well, okay, so can you walk me through the, the steps of, you know, someone comes to you and says, hey, I've got a, a database, I guess, let's say just, you know, uh, See, again, like our conversation earlier, you know, having such broad, such broad parameters, it's probably hard to figure out. It's like, well, what are you looking for? What, what are the steps so that you go through to, to, to create that picture that's going to tell someone that they need to maybe focus in a different territory or market? So it really starts with asking the right questions. And where I think a lot of the missteps occur is that clients just, they hear <clears throat> analytics and think, well, just tell me something or tell me how to make more money. And yeah, we all want to figure that out, but that's not the right question. It is what allows our business to make more money? Is it certain types of customers? Is it certain products that are more profitable? And then how do I create a picture that lets me see who those customers are and how I can upsell them or, or sell more? Or where does my risk lie? You know, my margins aren't good, is that because I'm not selling the right products or my overhead's too big? And really digging into what are the questions that you need to be asking mm-hmm. and then figuring out what data helps helps me tell that story. Right. Once you've kind of gotten those and figure out where the data is, how you can access it, then it becomes what are the visuals that make sense? Some of it is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So whoever's going to consume and look at that information, the visual has to make sense for them. And so, you know, we've got a colleague here that loves scatter plots and he can look at that and go, I know what it's telling me. I know what it means. And there's other people who are like, it just looks like a bunch of dots on a page. It looks like, like, yeah. what, what it looks like connect at? the dot. <laughs> so, so you have to understand your audience, what's coming. And then the different types of data have different ways that presenting them visually makes sense. So whether it's size or color or positioning on a page, sure. that will be determined somewhat by the underlying information that you're dealing with. Okay, and how much time or effort do you spend? Obviously, I know there's a lot of time spent in the mining of the data and cleaning. Is there more time put into the visual side of it than you probably actually realize? Because in my head, I'm saying, throw a bar graph up there, a pie chart, and, and we'll be able to figure it out. But 
but it sounds like that's not really the case. Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly can be, right. right? You've got to evaluate the need, the use, and, and how it's going to be, be done. You know, most studies and, and my general belief has been 80% of the effort is going to be on that data wrangling piece, just getting it organized and sure. set. But what I encourage my teams to do, and when I look at creating that visual, actually just drawing it out. Okay. Literally on a piece of paper and going, okay, what are we trying to show? What makes sense? And then how do they interact with other visuals? So you may have that bar chart, but to put in context what you're really looking at, I need a donut graph or a scatter plot on there as well, sure. and they need to interact sure. with each other. So really thinking through how those all work together right. requires some time. We're not talking days worth of work. It may be, hey, sit down for an hour, draw it out, and think through it. And then you've got to make your data model work as well. You mentioned asking the right questions. And, and if I'm jumping way ahead here, I apologize. But but in terms of you know asking the right questions and trying to understand, like you mentioned earlier, what a business does to make money, what they can do differently to make more money. I mean, how often do you... Do you ever see yourself, and I say this from, from a little bit of experience with, with data, just in school and, and you know things after school, but how often are your preconceptions causing you to just divest you know, or invest a bunch of time maybe in the wrong area? I mean, do you ever see yourself chasing the wrong question or having to tell the owner, that's not really the right question here? Absolutely. I mean, we recently had a client that you know came to us for non-data analytics services, but I was involved in, in the meeting and you know they were looking at splitting apart a business unit mm -hmm. because they felt that their margins weren't what they were supposed to be and you know the investors couldn't read into the numbers as well. So they came to it and said, we want to split it up. This is how we're going to do it. We need a project management team to work with it. And my first question to them was, how do you know that's the right thing to do? Well, you know, anecdotally, we've gotten sure. some feedback and and as we started to ask more and more questions, it was like, well, what numbers aren't right? And well, the sales team says this and we say that and we don't really know. And I asked if they had looked at the data and they really hadn't. Right. And so they actually came back and said, you know what, could you actually do a benchmarking analysis for us first? So it's not uncommon to see with clients that want to jump into the analytics arena for sure that they've got either it's usually one extreme or the other right. hey i want to solve this and that may not be the right question or it's here's my data tell me something yeah. and that's <laughs> obviously too broad of a, right. a, a right. question so we do see both of it and, and personally we've got to watch it as well mm -hmm. and i have found over the years i've certainly gotten better at it like you, know, you start pulling a string and keep going down and realize well i've spent way too much time and that's not getting me to where i need to be sure and so i you know do a little bit of work kind of step back look at the big picture again and say are we are we making the right progress and so it's that same kind of philosophy with the clients as well now what about false data because that's something that you know has has freaked me out in the past where you know, you're putting something together for someone to make some serious decisions on. And, and well, the input's not real great on that database. So I don't know if what we're getting out of it is really that clean either. I mean, yep. like you said, 80% of the work is in the harvesting, mining, cleaning of the data. But have you ever gotten yourself in a position where you're at, at the end of it, you realize, well, maybe I was just massaging stuff to, you know, have this story make sense. And, right. and I'm not quite confident in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's certainly a risk and you'll hear garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And part of the process, and some of this stems just from the forensic background, because you're dealing in legal environments and, you know, with compliance and other things, the data has got to be right, or at least noted and documented. So Mm -hmm. really focusing on a validation process, trying to identify whether there are other reports that can help validate at least that the data lines up to what you know you started with and what I coach the team and, and what I look at is does it make sense you know just conceptually right. if I started with a thousand records when I do my analysis and my counts a million something's off right, right? I've, I've somehow you know duplicated data or I've uh, done something that doesn't make sense so being able to look at it and go just from a gut perspective, does it mm-hmm. make sense is, is important. <clears throat> but you do wind up, you know, there's going to be cases where, you know, that data is bad and the output then is is not what you need it to be. Right. And so it's important to make sure you're caveating that, you're noting the limitations. The reality is, though, you're never going to have perfect data and clean data, and there's ways to deal with that. But it's recognizing it and understanding it. And knowing that as you put it through analysis, that data is changing and, and what right. those changes are. So you need to document that along the way. Well, so along the lines of it being imperfect, I mean, you know, you're never going to be 100% confident, 100% confident in what was input and what you got out of it, as well as, you know, what the, what the result is of it. But that was another thing I always struggled with was being okay with the imperfection, right? I guess the margin of error that we're experiencing mm-hmm. Being okay with that because the bigger picture is still in line with what, you know, we're trying to accomplish. I mean, that was something I'd be like, well, wait a minute. Data's not clean. I don't know. We can't move forward. It's like, well, no, we have to. You have to be okay with a certain margin. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that analytics of themselves don't provide the answer. They're providing the guide and insight into making that decision. Mm-hmm. And even as you talk about artificial intelligence, I always called it augmented intelligence. Uh, I had heard it somewhere and, and really thought it stuck because you're using that analysis to help make better decisions. It still needs a people aspect. You need somebody that knows the business, knows the industry mm-hmm. to look at it, interpret it, and decide what that means for you, knowing the risks, knowing the limitations, and then making the decision based off of that. Got it. Having the... The information, but then also as it pertains to, you know, your organization or how it's going to, you know, work with you, I guess. You know, we have the the title of of this is reporting analytics. I mean, is there really a difference between the two? Uh, What is it, you know? Yeah, I think fundamentally reporting you need to think about is, is really a static representation of historical data. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 informing. It's kind of pushing information to to the end user. Analytics is much more dynamic. It's trying to ask answer the question of why that report is sure. you know fifty percent off of your margins or labor is is you know twenty percent over the the benchmark. You know, the report's going to tell you that. The report uh, says what the margin right. is per product right. or, you know, whatever the breakdown is. But it doesn't answer the why question. Right. And so analytics really helps you get into answering the whys of how the business is operating, why it's doing well, why it's not doing well. You know, it's going to provide insight. Usually it's more dynamic. It requires some interpretation and context, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, the, your report is just 
here's what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the insight or the background or the context, you may not be able to, to extrapolate much more from, from that report. Well, how long do you take to get to know? I mean, you know, we're talking about this analytics. I mean, it, you know, it's like dating. How long do you take <laughs> to get to know your, your client before yeah. you say, you know, I think I want to take you out. I think I can provide you some value. <laughs> I mean, all we're trying to do is provide some value. So right. how long do you take, you know, to get to know your client? I mean, it, to me, it seems like, you know, I, I tried to even understand some of the data that I was experiencing here when I started when I was in the operations yeah. team. I don't really know you yet. I don't, you know, I yeah. don't know how to uh, interpret this. Mm-hmm. I mean, how well, and, and that's I think one of the advantages of of doing something like this at, at a Lutz, mm-hmm. right? So I come in with the technical skills. I've obviously seen a number <clears throat> of things from an industry standpoint, but my primary industry was in pharma life science. You take me out to a construction company, I've got some general idea of how the business operates, but right. not the detail and knowledge that that client or you know, my colleagues here at Lutz are going to have. And so being able to bring, you know, a multi-disciplinary, uh, not going to disciplinary. Yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Effort and experience to, to a client allows us to be able to serve them a lot more effectively. Right. Versus trying to do it all myself. And right. So I, I, I found that approach works really the best is bringing the industry expertise, the technical expertise and than me doing some translating, right? Sure. Understanding the business problems, how that translates to a technical analytical problem, and then how do I extract that from the data and and working that combination allows us to get to a a place with the client much faster. Sure. But some of it is really just, yeah, go back to dating, listening. Right. Yeah. (laughs) My wife would say, I probably don't do that very well. well, Not with her. She's like, well, it sounds like you listen well at work, Cody. (laughs) But with clients, it is. It's it's hearing right. the key words that they're saying. You know, I can't get the reports I need, or I'm cutting and pasting a <clears> lot <throat> of different reports together just to get where I need. And those kind of buzzwords that right. would say, "Hey, all right, there there's an opportunity to help there," right. and digging more into it. So. Well, that's certainly one thing that I've noticed. A being in technology, where I mean, you know, technology can solve a wide range of problems, but also B being a younger individual in the field, you know, I'll, I'll have conversations with a CFO and, and they just because they don't think that it's information that you need or that, that you can help them with, they sometimes withhold information. And so, yeah, the being able to pick up on something, a key thing and saying, well, wait a minute, can you elaborate on that? And they're like, well, no, I don't, this yeah. really doesn't have to do with you. And it's like, well, actually let's talk about it. Yeah. Find out there is something there. Right. No, absolutely. And, I'll uh, assume you weren't implying I was an, an older uh, person in the technology field, but no, <laughs> but I'm just saying yeah, no. sometimes maybe you get a little bit more information yeah, than yeah. I do. Yeah, no, and it, it I've seen that challenge, and and obviously you know, and you faced but, it. I'm sure. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, not, the young, the, not the past the, tense right. faced it. You're still well, young. but it's still it's still a some of it's just a knowledge as well as you know some of the best trainings I, I would do with clients, we'd spend time going through kind of analytics 101. What does mm-hmm. it mean? But then saying, okay, kind of strip away your preconceived notions of the limitations you have within the organization, either, you know, data doesn't exist or this or that. Right. And 
now think about a problem you're trying to solve. What's your wish list? What data would you love to have? And sure. when you get people to start to think that way, then the possibilities start to open up. And so, you know, even with it from just a pure technology perspective, right. when you say, what keeps you up at night? The, you know, kind of standard consulting. Yeah. How do we extract information? Yeah. What keep, but that's what Let you're looking at. Let me find the pain points. Yeah, what, I mean, what really? are you banging your head against the wall? Or, right. you know, I told colleagues and, and clients all the time, if you think to yourself, there's got to be a better way to do it, that's ripe for a discussion. Mm-hmm. And it may not be a technical solution. It may be a process <clears throat> situation. But talking through that and figuring out, you know, allows that exploration of, of really what is the issue right. and how, how can it be solved? Well, and it's also, you know, I feel like if you're, in, in the organization, you've got your blinders on where, you know, we've done it this way and this is how we do it. Allowing that outside perspective, you know, I think is extremely helpful. Yeah. But no, I, I think that, you know, that's certainly something that, that I've experienced where it's like, you know, you've kind of got the blinders on, like I said, and, and having someone from the outside come in and ask you about what your problems are, you kind of you tend to put your guard up against that. Yep. You know, that's hard to break through. It, it is. And, and, Trying to get to that trusted advisor role is is really critical, you know, for the consulting business in general, right? right? And be somebody that you trust and and are willing to open up. You know, sometimes it's just those small incremental kind of proving ground things that you sure. can do, and it's identifying those small pieces. And there's certain industries as well. Certainly on the analytics front, you go in and it's a it can be a big scary word mm-hmm. because people don't understand, or you hear we got to change the way we're doing it and we've done it for 50 years. Right. And that, that barrier is very real and not always easy to, to overcome. And so it's trying to, what are the small wins we can make the low hanging fruit that we can attack so that they can see the benefit. Right. And really getting a champion within the organization that goes, no guys, you don't understand. And inevitably what happens and, and what I kind of see as success is when they start coming to us and going, Hey, can you do this now? Or that's really cool. How about this, this, right. and this? And then, then you then you know they, they understand it and get it and well, you kind of build off of that. I think that's one of the cooler things I've seen here is, is just hearing about certain people's conversations with their clients. They've built a relationship to the point where their client will come to them and ask them a question about something completely unrelated to compliance work. Right. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's even as far as to ask about personnel. So it's that idea that you know have you ever run into that issue i guess this this role more is is consultative but your past role maybe did you have more long-term relationships with projects or with clients i mean i feel like the quick consultative experience would be hard to build that yeah certainly in the forensics investigative space because a lot of times they didn't want you there anyways right (laughs) yeah sure there was a problem and they were dealing with it and you were there to help them deal with it and they wanted you gone the compliance stuff it was a little bit more of that relationship and you're talking through and it was hey we've seen what you've done from a technology perspective an analytics perspective i think there's other places in the organization this would be useful some very big clients that i worked on that that's that's where it started. It was, hey, come in and do a training. And then it was, uh, talk to our fraud department, talk to our marketing department, talk to this group. Sure. And so, yeah, you, you just build those relationships and figure out what, what works for the organization and right. you know, what they what they need. So you like analytics? I mean, you enjoy, obviously, I would hope at this point. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know. it, 
for me, it, I always loved it because it was always something new and different. And you know, the idea of doing the same thing every month end or you know, just kind of repetitive routines isn't overly exciting to me. And sure. like I said, the, kind of the investigative problem solving sleuthing of it made it fun for me. And then, you know, being on the cutting edge of technology and looking at it and, you know, trying to keep up with what's happening is just, it's, it's constantly a challenge and, you know, enlightening. Would you recommend it for someone that was trying to figure out what they want to do? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're deep into the, the technical side, there's going to be a need. And especially as you're coming out of school, you've got to have the skill set to leverage technology right. to get to the answers. You know, I think some an accountant that has analytic background and skills is going to be in, in high demand, especially as the, the industry changes. But any business you go into, if you're able to help them improve efficiency, gain insight, increase the, the bottom line sure. through analytics is going to be sure. a, a valuable resource. Right. Well, I mean, you look at how many companies are, you know, doing ERP migrations or adding an application or using software from somewhere. I mean, people utilizing systems to, you know, to be more efficient is not going away. Yep. You know, it's actually increasing, of course. And so yep. being able to pull from those and, and, and read them essentially to the group. Would yep. be Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and as, as a small business owner myself and kind of a, a side gig I've got going on, it's important to know that information and insight and, you know, being able to dive into the data and ask it the right questions helps understand where there's opportunity. And You probably get to just pull the reports, though, and do the analytics in your head, I'm sure, right? <laughs> pull a time yeah, unfortunately, and... the systems don't work really well together, so I, <laughs> I've had to create some some hacks and yeah. ways to pull it in. Ask um, for some help from right. a friend down the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to play around do with. Do you it. use, and obviously, I mean, it, may, it would make sense to me, and it sound, seems like maybe an obvious question, but... Do you actively use quite a bit of analytics in terms of your, your, you know, your, your other job, your other endeavor? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've got Power BI reports that I'm looking at sales versus labor. I'm trying to sure. map it out. I've created forecast models based on the the sales and, and information, so I can try and staff <clears throat> and, and schedule that way as well. So, do you ever do it too much? Are there other places in your life where your wife's like, hey? Would you relax? This doesn't need to be a. Oh yeah, I mean, this isn't about all about the variables. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I'm very logical. I like things laid out, and probably too quick to point out when the logic is lacking. From yeah. My, yeah. my wife. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, I, you know, I feel like I deviated a little bit, but I guess do you have anything, you know, regarding analytics, the process of analytics that you, you, you really want to share with anyone? Do you have any cool stories related to analytics? I don't, I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, I mean, I think the, the really the coolest thing I did, I got to work on the UN oil for food investigation, which it's, there's public reports. My name's out there on the report if you dig deep enough. So sure. it's, I'm not divulging anything. But <laughs> yeah, it was, I was going to say, are we going to be able to yeah, right. now? No, I mean, it was, it was a look into the, the bribery and kickback scheme that, that happened after the first Gulf War. Saddam Hussein had sanctions put against him, but was able to control the oil prices. And sure. as part of that, we actually got a hold of an access database that his son kept of the kickbacks and bribes that, no uh, yeah, that were owed, and we got to analyze that and look at it, and we built a built a case management system to allow you know 100 plus investigators to look at the data, 
bring emails and other documentation together and kind of map out what was happening. We used link analysis to look at oil signatories and you know, the, the different players and, and see these webs of, of relationships. And did you so, have to travel at all for that? Or did you, I did not. I actually sat, you know, kind of in the UN office space and, really? uh, yeah, and, wow. and work there. We did have some people that, that traveled quite a bit sure. extensively from the investigative standpoint, but. Wow, so you've got a clearance, I, I'm sure. I, I did at some point. At some point. At some point okay. I did. I, I do, no, do not anymore. So I did that and then was, I did travel to Germany for the Siemens investigation, which was at the time the largest FCPA investigation in the world or settlement in the world. So wow. I managed the stateside <laughs> analytics efforts and then went over to, to Germany to help coordinate efforts as well. How many rows of data are you talking in those kinds of situations? And maybe those aren't extremely data intensive. They oh, no, they are. I mean, we, we were collecting... So, I mean, you talk about a, a multinational company that was using SAP for their accounting system. Every business unit in every country had a different instance of it. So I think in, in total, we collected over 135 different systems worth wow. of data. I mean, it, it is billions with a B upon billions of, of rows worth of data. That's incredible. So, what, okay, now what kind of computing power do you need to look at that? Are you just working off the server? Yeah, I mean, we, we did most of this was all before really kind of the cloud had gotten sure. big. So we were using SQL Server to, to drive most of the analysis. And, wow. You know, work, worked our way through it and got really efficient and writing good queries and stored procedures. Yeah, and, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. Hopefully we can, you know, think of another topic kind of related or, or maybe not, you know, I don't know, but I appreciate your time today. All right. Thanks. I had fun. Yeah. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.